1: Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America, my homeland. And I certainly hope that you are proud to call it yours. You're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, coast to coast and border to border throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe on our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk, which is the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to. And I want to thank all of you for making our show as popular as it has become, uh, not only here in the States, but uh, many listeners around uh, the the globe. Uh, Listen to the C.L. Bryant Show. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up Above Ripley's, believe it or not. And, uh, you'll see the Red State Talk Billboard, which is there. Uh, and 24 hours a day, every hour, the CL Bryant show pops up there in Times Square, about a half block from where they dropped the big ball. Don't know what's going to go on with that this year. And old CL's face is looking right back at you in Times Square. So thank you for coming along with us. Looks like, looks like, And I was just in Utah talking to Mitt's folks just uh, a couple of uh, days ago, actually, back on Saturday it was. I was in Utah and I asked them directly, I said to them directly, what are you all going to do with Mitt? Well, they said that the message had been sent. Yesterday, and I'm saying this today, it appears that the president does have all of the votes that he needs, not only to go ahead and send his nominee to the Senate, but it now appears since Mitt has come out and said what he said, and everybody's reading into what you're saying, Mitt, because we could fool ourselves that you're on board with the president. I hope it's right. If it's right, if it's tight like that, Mitch, hey, you may not be the donkey in the stable any longer, at least not before now. So this all but ensures, it all but ensures the president's nominee will sail through confirmation and will ascend to the high court before the election. Friends, let me tell you something. Finally, and and I want you to see this because it happens in businesses, it happens in churches, and certainly it happens in nations. A church takes on the personality of its pastor, its leader. Church always does that. Takes on the personality of its leader. A business does the same way. A business uh, usually takes on the... Well, it always does. usually takes on the personality of the person who is leading it. And that may not be the founder, it may not be the president of the company, but whoever is leading your division of the company, that's who you're like. That's who you take on. Finally, in this nation the nation is beginning to take on again the character and the personality. And I'm not talking about any of the uh, things that you think are so flawed in the personality of the president. You have those same flaws. It's just that yours are not on display. Oh, But oh, if they were. But then... The question would be, do you have the other traits, the other character traits that go along with being a great leader? Uh, whatever his flaws are, Trump has the personality traits, the character traits that makes a great leader. Let me tell you what that is. And we're beginning to see America take on the um, character, leadership character, once again, of the person at the helm who is bold, he's brash at times, and, of course, he is straightforward. And for the longest time, it seemed as though America, especially our young people, could not tolerate someone who was bold, brash, and in your face, straightforward. In other words, they couldn't handle a man coming at them. We had gotten so used to being coddled, handled with kid gloves in this country that friends, I got to tell you, it has been, it was absolutely sickening what was happening. You had a president of the United States going over to, uh, Saudis, to the Saudis and actually bowing at the waist, not, not, not giving a nod like, Hey, you know, I'm acknowledging you but bowing at the waist to an Arab prince. Hey, I don't care how you cut the cake, folks. Uh, we, We just don't do that kind of thing. We don't bend the knee. We don't bow except to our God, our creator. At least I don't. But it seems like we're back on track now because the Republicans at least have the intestinal fortitude behind this leader to stand up and do what they ought to do what nut as i said yesterday what nut would have an opportunity to kick his enemy and and finish him and in a life and death i'm talking about a friends americans hear me this is not just winks that we're playing here okay This is a life and death struggle for a 244-year republic. Don't get it twisted. This is real-time, real-time life or death for the life of a nation, for the uh, existence of a nation. We only have 43 days now to make sure that everything is locked down and in place. And as I tell you, be ready. You better be ready. Because either way, this this uh, falls out, and it's going to be a throw down either way. But either way, this falls out. <laughs> you got to be ready. Americans, because the... Dogs of anarchy are certainly not going to be housed or kenneled just because Trump wins by a landslide. I think it may actually fan their fire more. Be ready to defend hearth and home. Be ready for your. family, your lovers, your sweethearts, your wives, be ready. Because it's on you, champ. Whoever you are, whoever I'm talking to out there, it's on you as an individual to make a stand. This is not going to go away just because I believe the president's going to win by landslide. This what is happening now and and, and you know and, and Mitt is so flaky he, he could, he could he, you know who knows but I'm not gonna I'm not, oh, oh god I hope he didn't hear me say that <laughs> he didn't I, Mitt would never listen to the show but you'd be surprised who gives him word of what I said and I, let me say this I am glad that he's on board now I hope he has a mind that is not blown about by the winds of change. That is not double minded as scripture says. I hope his mind stays fixed. Unlike Mayor Lightfoot in um Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, remember that name will be one of the most famous one termers that ever was. <laughs> Yeah, mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, first uh, lesbian, maybe, uh, well, I, maybe first lesbian, or I won't say first homosexual mayor of um, of Chicago, I don't know um, about any of their lives prior, the, the men's lives prior to them arising or ascending to the uh, mayor's chair, but Lori's, she's out there and Everybody knows. Everybody knows <laughs> that she is the first lesbian um, mayor of Chicago. And with everything that goes on in Chicago, you guess what? Um, guess what? Lori Lightfoot is really concerned about parking, parking tickets. Uh, Chicago, you know, has uh, murders in the fifties—at uh, least fifty, you know, thirty-five, forty, fifty murders uh, every weekend. Uh, her main focus, though, and it made national news, that she's going to rescind the order not to ticket uh, minor infractions like parking. So she's. Stepped on the pedal and put the metal to the pedal. Put metal pedal to the metal. Yeah, I guess that goes. (laughs) Yeah, she's put the pedal to the metal. And she, Lori Lightfoot, is uh, wanting to get that million dollars in fines but her city has also been named as one of the cities that uh, is deemed run by anarchist and the anarchists are running it according to William Barr, attorney general of the United States, because mayors have failed to do their jobs. This is an example of a mayor who is just absolutely failing to do her job. Uh, Can you get any kind of idea that her priorities may actually be misplaced? You think? Oh, she's interested in parking, parking ticket money. Not interested in the fact that, you know, people are bailing out of there, out of the city of Chicago. Only thing about Illinois is, uh, there's not many places to, <laughs> oh, no, let me, let me, let me stop that. I have many friends in Illinois and I, I don't mean anything disparaging about your, <laughs> about your state. But, you know, Chicago, let's face it, is the, uh, it's sort of like Louisiana. That's where I'm from. Yeah. When you think of Louisiana, what do you think of? You don't think of Shreveport. You think of New Orleans. Yeah. You think of New Orleans and, and, um, Shreveport's a great town, my hometown. Lafayette was, a, it is a great town, great college town. Baton Rouge, the capital, but you don't think of those. You think of New Orleans, and that's the way it is with Chicago and Lori Lightfoot, who is a one termer. is going to be famous, one of the most famous one-term mayors that the country has ever known, Lori Lightfoot. Re-election will come up quickly. One of the famous, most famous businessmen who has overcome the swamp in a way that took great combative skills, you can believe it or not, is Donald John Trump. I told you that he's a master counterpuncher, and uh, I'm telling you, he must have had one or two of uh, his lieutenants in the phone booth delivering to them kidney blows shots to the liver because I think he's going to get exactly what he wants and friends the name of this game is twist their arm that's the name of this game it's twist their arm until They relent. We are in a struggle. And the president, unbeknownst to any of us, but this is how the game is played. And if he's getting his way, he's playing the game correctly. He's twisting arms. At least uh, he and his lieutenants are. And it's for the betterment of this country. We must go back to to where we were in order to move forward to where we should be. Right now, we are not where we need to be. We need to take one or two steps backwards in our economic reflection to a place where we were not spending this kind of money. And people were working life good and we didn't wear these masks when you go into the, the bank or somewhere or the store or somewhere you didn't have a mask on one of the joys of being free and certainly being free in America one of the great joys and, and even people come here from foreign lands don't have to deal with I like the home I like the I like the smell of the outdoor markets I do but I like the smell of fresh produce in the in the market in the grocery store I like the way the colors are arranged and I like enjoying uh, it you know without being afraid of touching something that you know that's not living folks Not being paranoid of people who are, you know, coming near you. You have people who are absolutely hysterical. I mean, they're they're absolutely hysterical. When it comes to um, this mask thing. I was on a plane. I was on a plane. I got to tell you this story. Coming home, actually to Shreveport. And, um, just the other day and I was sitting, um, you know, up, up front and this lady sitting, uh, just one row in, in front of me. In fact, she was sitting right up against the bulkhead and, uh, I was sitting across from her and seat across from her and, um, toward the rear, she took out or toward, you know, toward the back of her a seat behind her and um she took out these cleaning things towels wipe down towels she had on a one of those plastic you know mask that come over you know the the kind that folds down like an environmental hazard person and she had on a a, uh, a mask under that and she began to wipe her seat, the arms of her chair, and the entire little space where she was down with the, I guess, disinfected. I noticed she had on rubber shoes. Now, uh, total pass to her if she has some really bad disease or something and can be taken out. Total, you know, pass to you, kid. I understand. I I I can get it. I understand. But friends, uh I saw her sitting with I guess her parents or relatives or whoever who were a little older than she or appeared to be, when I was waiting on my bag, and they had no mask on whatsoever. So whatever she is afraid of getting. They weren't afraid of giving to her. I'll be right back. <laughs>
2: It high. Our hearts
1: are in C.L. back with you on this fantastic day, this great day in the U.S.A. Glad that all of you could come along with us as we build a bridge to conversation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. If you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show App On your favorite device and uh, listen to us every day from 1205 Eastern until 2 p.m. daily, uh, wherever you go. And hey, if you miss a show, miss a day, whatever, you can go into the archives and all of the shows that I do not mess up are there in uh, the archives for you. And you can go see them. Yeah, you can. And enjoy them coming up uh, here on the show with me is going to be someone who I think you're really going to uh, like. I have um, uh, Sue Trombino, uh, Women Impacting the Nation. And and friends, I got to tell you, this is an interview that I look forward to. A friend of mine um, turned uh, me on to her um, and I have listened to some of the uh, interviews that she has done. Um, and Michelle, my producer, was just nuts about uh, Sue Trombino. And so we're going to have her on here in just a few minutes on the show. And uh, she's going to tell us uh, all about uh, her movement, uh, Women Impacting America. Uh, I look forward to it. You know, my guest last yesterday, um, Buddy Pilgrim. I was, um, you know, texting back and forth with him just a little bit ago. You know, buddy brings up a great point. I mentioned uh, something similar a couple of days ago, uh, you know, yesterday afternoon, and, and that is Justice Ginsburg thought enough of her lifetime appointment to honor. Holding that seat on the Supreme Court, knowing that she's going to die, knowing that she's dying, knowing that she was not going to be effective. Oh, months ago, months ago, knowing she knew. But yet, she did hold that seat, didn't she? She did. Until she died. And then, And then, out of the blue, we get this message saying that uh, her dying wish was that the incoming president would fill her seat. I don't want to disparage anyone who might have said that from her family, but I must say that if we're to trust it, There should be some way of verifying it, don't you think? Well, I I do give her the props um, of being this, a very accomplished and great. Yes, even though you may have disagreed with many of her opinions and all of that, and I certainly did, but she was a great American woman, and we have lost a great American woman. And I certainly hope that we are able to replace her with an American woman who is more in tune with the values of what is intended by our founders. I have the privilege of um, knowing many such women across our nation, and I want to introduce to you Sue Trombino now, who is a woman who is impacting America. Her movement is women impacting America. Help me welcome. The CL Bryant Show for the very first time, Sue Trombino. Thank you so much for being there.
3: Well, good, uh, good afternoon, uh, CL. I'm just ecstatic to be here with you. I'm very humbled, and I'm actually here with a very good friend of yours, Debbie Healy. Debbie, and, uh, <laughs> uh, we are heading on our bus. We're doing our bus tour called uh, "Saving Our Republic, Ensuring Liberty," and we're heading up. Uh, you know, up the East Coast, and we'll end up in D.C. on on uh, Saturday for the return and for Franklin Graham's uh, prayer. But thank you so much for having me today. I'm very humbled.
1: Well, Godspeed to you and Debbie. You know, you know how I love being my my good friend Debbie. Uh, we got to hang out real soon, girl. And so, uh, just the same, Sue, I want to ask you this first, leading into the interview. I, I think that women are beginning to make an incredible difference on the political landscape. Do you see that happening? And is it time that Republican women learn to engage in areas of politics that perhaps we had not engaged in in previous times?
3: Oh, absolutely. I believe that uh, women need to step up to the plate. We are the backbone of, I think, of our country. Um, but with, you know, with women impacting the nation, our acronym is WIN. When we show up, we win. And, you know, we at, at, at WIN uh, want to, it's not just even the politics part of it, it's really we need to engage in our civic duty. And uh, we all have a world view. And it's either biblical or pagan. And the problem is in the Christian community is that we have compartmentalized our biblical worldview. And so, um, you know, we engage with all different types of women, but it's imperative that the women step up. It's our families, our our legacy. You know, what is our legacy going to be uh, down the road for our families, our, you know, uh, our children, our grandchildren, and what kind of country do we want and, you know, I'm very passionate, obviously, about this only because you know, I wasn't born here. I was born in Caracas, Venezuela. So I've lived pretty much all over the world. And America is the beacon of hope. You know, we are not perfect, but we are truly exceptional. And uh, if we go down as America, so does the rest of the world.
1: You know, folks, that is so true.
3: Step up to the plate.
1: That is so true. An Eastern Bloc refugee once asked a question of me uh, after a speech, and uh, Sue, he asked this question If America goes away, CL, where do people go? And uh, this is a land that uh, is, in my view, and uh, historically founded upon Judeo-Christian ethics and principles, then let me ask you this question uh, in regard to that. The evangelical vote, uh, the president, of course, uh, captured uh, much of it last time. How important is it for the evangelical vote to understand the re-election of this president must occur?
3: Well, in two thousand, uh, the last election actually, twenty-five million Christians CL were not registered to vote. Fifteen million chose not to vote, and then you had another third or quarter that chose to go against God's uh, non-negotiables and God's, you know, values. and And I think it's it's incredible, uh, incredibly important because we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and God uh, has given us an incredible. A country to live in we are blessed to live here and um but it is up to us to be good stewards of what he's given us and we haven't been good stewards and we're also supposed to occupy until he comes and uh, you know hence the mess that we're in today because our vote is a seed and we will reap what we sow and again look what's happening today so the christian uh is um is vital to keep you know, our value system in not only in our country, but around the world. And you know I talk about God's non-negotiables all the time, and he has lots of non-negotiables, but he has three that are non-non-non-negotiable, and that is life, that is marriage, and that is Israel. And so those three things are um, are vital to what what uh, moves God's heart, and we have to vote for uh, not just necessarily a man, uh, but it's it's not personality, but it's platform. It's um, it is uh, you know well the platform obviously, but it's also principles, and um, it's just vital that we look at what party espouses those three.
1: Absolutely, and
3: uh, so. let me
1: ask you this, Sue. You used a word that is, of course, uh, a word that Christ uh, told us to uh, do, and that's occupy. It's a military term. It's a term that says, hold this ground, hold this ground until I come. My question surrounding that and and your non-negotiables, and folks, I want you to to pay attention to the answer that this woman, uh, who is, I I can feel the anointing that is there on you, uh, is talking about. What is happening with definitions? There seems to be a redefining of certain definitions, gender, marriage, uh, even the church, faith, all of those things uh, are being redefined. Do definitions or redefinitions take us to different destinations? Is that the end game? Is that what you're seeing? Is that why you women are on the road? Talk to us.
3: Oh, absolutely, because words matter. And um, we're we're changing what uh, what words matter in God's uh, in God's world, and, and the the other side, unfortunately, they work on your emotion and and conjecture and anything that sounds good to me is a no pun intended, but it's a red flag, and so they're trying to change it to you know work on emotion, and um, instead of going to bed down to what what does God say? What is the definition of God? Now, I use I love the 1828 dictionary because that is the, to me the true definitions of, you know, how God intended. But, um, yes, definitions do matter. And I think we have to uh, be wise and ask for discernment and obviously knowing God's word as to where we're going. But, um, you know, we were only made for a moral and religious people. And so I talk. I talk to people all the time uh, as we're going on on the road. And there's people that say to me, "CL, well, Sue, I'm not. I'm not very religious." And I said, "That's okay. You sound very moral." And again, we were only made for a moral and religious people, and we've kind of dumbed down that way. And and unfortunately, the Christian is we have lost ground because we haven't again we haven't occupied we haven't stood firm and we're supposed to be bold. you know humbly i I say humbly but do a bold advance we're supposed to be taking over uh you know our country not giving up the land but we also know it's a spiritual battle obviously it truly is words matter
1: it truly is and in that same uh, vein of conversation, you know, and i, I don 't want to pull you into this uh, so deeply with me, but I do say this around the country, sometimes at churches where I go to preach and and I, I mention to pastors that if they 're not involved in the political process and they 're afraid to become a, a part of the political process, then uh, maybe they don 't really understand the mission of Christ when he came here, taking on the Sanhedrin council, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, he took them on head on, and they were the political Political and the religious structure, power structure of uh, his day. That was his mission. That's what he did, to set the captives free, caused him uh, the death on Calvary. But what I try to tell people, Sue, is that without that crucifixion pastors, uh, many times there cannot be a resurrection of your uh, congregations, of your community, unless you're willing to bear that cross. Do you see a certain um, recoil, of the church from the political spectrum, and uh, is it necessary for us to awaken that that base to become politically active? Talk to us about it.
3: Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because I've been very blessed to be working and helping Family Research Council out in the realm in Florida with pastors. So I have uh, been working with pastors, sitting with as many as I can uh, to talk about their... Um, you know, they're the pastors are the watchmen. They're supposed to be sounding the alarm to their congregation is they're going to be held accountable to the Lord of what they are teaching them. And we cannot be, we need to be biblically correct BC, not politically correct PC. And unfortunately, yes, you do have pastors that are being too politically correct. They don't want to offend. But unfortunately, in the Christian realm, we're supposed to be unoffendable. And so when I talk to pastors, I lay it out for them. And I just saying, you know please talk to your congregation about uh this is no this is not about the donkey or the elephant this is all about the lamb what does god say and if they say well we're not supposed to get involved in quote unquote politics well Who did Jesus talk to? He talked to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's the government. And somebody's worldview is going to win out. And so they're either going to, God's either going to say, well done, or he's going to say, you know, you had a chance to bring back, you know, the Judeo-Christian principles and our values, and you chose not to. And I'm not pointing the finger, you know, at anybody, because, you know, I can't judge whether you're going to heaven or not and all that kind of stuff, but you will know them by their fruit. And so it's up to the pastors to not be, uh, to, you know, play the social justice thing, because that's all man, but it's all about what does God say? God breathed life into Adam. That's life. You know, and then you go into our constitution. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you can't have pursuit of happiness or liberty if you don't have life. So that's the one non-negotiable. And then the next one is marriage between a man and a woman, a biological man and a biological woman. God made Adam and Eve. Now, he did not make Adam and Steve. Now, does he love Steve? Absolutely. But you can't go out and procreate and go out and multiply with two plugs and two sockets. It's just not possible. So I say that's marriage. And then the third one, obviously, they must talk about Israel. You know, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. So talking to the pastors uh, is vital, but it's also up to the congregation to talk to their pastors to say, you need to be speaking truth, you know, truth and facts and, uh, you know, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And um, and I, I have had the privilege of planting those seeds to some pastors that they say, Sue, I've never thought of it that way. And they've changed. Now, there are other pastors that they haven't and they just are stuck in whatever mode they're in, but we have to pray for them and pray that God lifts the veil from their eyes. So, yes, it's incumbent for the pastors to step up to the plate. But it's also the Christian needs to talk to their pastor, get educated with truth and facts, not emotion and not conjecture.
1: Michelle, I want to keep uh, Sue for just a little bit on the other side of this short break. My special guest, Sue Trombino, and she is traveling uh, with women who are indeed impacting America. I want her to tell you more about that and also how to assist them if, in fact, you're so inclined. You're listening to the C.L. Bryan Show coast to coast border to border over red state our flagship station the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to if you're traveling through times square there in New York City, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right there. And 24 hours a day, every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on that big old billboard. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. in Times Square and about a half a block from where they dropped the big ball. You know, I don't know if they're going to do this year but uh, with that, but we're going to certainly ring in the new year wherever we are and however we do it as a great nation we're on our way to recovery i'm on with sue trombino and we're going to continue with her i want to talk to her about uh that village that they say takes to raise a child i think it takes parents and we have women who are indeed uh great american women quintessential and we're going to hear from them and michelle see if we can get uh debbie on with me for just about uh a minute or so after we would have completed the interview with uh, Sue Trombino, just so I can say hello to my good and dear friend. Uh, And uh, I want to give a shout out to Tim and uh, her husband and a shout out to Vicki Marble and my good buddy, uh, Ken Clark, uh, wherever you are, Ken. God bless and keep you all. Hope to see you soon. I'm C.L. Bryant. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, Coast to Coast and Border to Border. If you don't get both hours of the show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app on your favorite device and listen to us wherever we go. You can best believe the good Lord is ordering our steps and all of the events that you're seeing happening, you may think that things are falling apart, but I can guarantee you, friends, they're coming together. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be back after these brief Words more CL Brian show with Sue Trombino You thought I was worth saving
0: So you came and changed my life you thought I was worth even
1: So you cleaned me up inside. for America, then Americans stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can, always in the helping hand, and for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA, and it's all because of people like you that make it that way. Thank you for making this show as popular as you have made it. And uh, I'm able to bring on guests like this. Gordon Chang next week. And of course, uh, we are going to... Michelle, got to get Sean on. I got to get Sean on the show. Uh, you know, especially before the election. But now we have the privilege of bringing to you a new friend and someone I can... Sure surely is going to be on pretty regularly because I like what she's cooking. I really like it. It's all about you and I and how we can preserve our core values and our nation. Welcome back, Sue Trombino. Sue, tell us how, if we were of the mind to do so, help you all in your uh, endeavor and spreading the good news, not only of Jesus Christ, but good news of America.
3: Well, everybody can go to women impacting the org that's women impacting the org and uh, we would love for everybody to to help us out as we uh, head with the keep the wheels of the bus rolling as we travel uh, up and down the coast or in Florida we up actually Colorado with Debbie and uh, it's just been amazing talking to people on the ground the grassroots uh, people are starting to pay attention but um, just absolutely go to
1: womenimpactingthenation.org. women impacting the org. women impacting the nation. Dot org women impacting the nation. Dot org friends. I got to tell you, I believe, I just got to believe that this is a very, very worthy uh, organization and cause. And I think I'm going to go there myself. So join me, women impacting the nation. Dot org. When we talk about um, women impacting the nation. Uh, I remember Hillary Clinton coining a phrase and making it very popular throughout our country. It takes a village to raise a child. But what I have found, Sue, is that there are people in the village these days that you don't want anywhere near your child or your children. Uh, It takes parents, in my estimation. What then do we do to arm our generations that's coming after you and I? Uh, with um, have have we lost something? I guess I should say, and, and as far as what we're putting into our children, are we turning out those citizens that perhaps our parents turned out? Uh, what are we missing?
3: Well, I mean that's a that's a seriously loaded question, but I think first of all we've abdicated our responsibility as parents. And we are responsible, especially as Christians, we are responsible to raise our children. We are supposed to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are older, they will not depart from it. And so we think that the schools or the things that are out there, are they have the same values as we do, and we haven't. We've so dumbed down, and we've allowed uh, the other side to you know, put in their mindset and their uh, their worldview, and again, like I said earlier, somebody's worldview is going to win out, and yeah. it's either going to be biblical or pagan, and right now uh, in our country, it's just going to be America slash patriotism versus socialism, communism, and Marxism, and I come from a socialist country, so I know, but yeah. the thing is, it things that sound good, everybody tends to go emotional and, and go to what sounds good instead of knowing what, um, what they really mean And then also, what are your children learning in school? And um, we've just, we've lost our history. We've we've just, again, abdicated our responsibility. And I have, I mean, you have to be tough. You have to be a a parent, not give up your responsibility because everything is so, you know, because we want to make it easy for ourselves. uh, It it takes work to raise up a child. and, And within the rules, there is more freedom. But we've let them do you know children today do whatever they want and children and kids don't want that they really want a parent that their yes is their yes and their no is their no wow. and uh and i i i believe that because i have a strong-willed child and let me tell you he's 30 and he's turned out to be a pretty awesome kid because i was tough i wasn't his mom i wasn't his friend growing up i was his mom i was his parent and my husband was his father and um uh, and I used to tell him, I really don't give a rip what uh, you're thinking. I'm your I'm your mom, and uh, we're the parent. We're not your friend right now. Now he's 30. I'm his friend.
1: Yeah. you I by, golly, by golly. By I, golly. I just love what you just said. That's the way Jane and I raised – uh, our children, too, and uh, uh so far so good I haven't been to the jail house or anything you know with any of them or the courthouse <laughs> or anything with any, with any of them and so uh, I'm just they're very good good kids, and I think you're absolutely right uh We need to be parents as far as concerned. The last question that I have for you, and I certainly hope that I can get a chance to speak with Debbie just shortly after I ask you this question and i I, I do want to applaud you on uh your journey. And your mission, and whatever we can do, Michelle will be in touch with you uh, to help you uh, along the way. Uh, we we will be very happy to to uh, to see what we can can do. Uh, but my question, my final question for you here today, and I've to asked this to everyone, and, uh, from Glenn Beck to Sean Hannity to to Ever and Judge Janine Pirro, everyone, and G- she's coming on next week as well. Um, but let me ask you, Sue Trombino, when it's all said and done. You hung up the spurs, and you're sitting on the porch with your husband and uh, rocking in the chair, looking off into the the distance, the sunset, perhaps. Uh, What do you want to leave behind? Legacy. What do you want us to say about you?
3: About me? Oh, gosh. Um, You know, the biggest thing for me is that my uh, father's legacy lives on through my son. That's a uh, uh, that's a that's very important. It's a, it's the whole legacy thing. What, um, what is what are my great grandchildren going to say about what you know my husband and I um, left to them? And I just really it's really about the Lord. Did we pour into them? Uh, our, you know, just um, that they were. Oh gosh, this is so hard because I just you know I want them to to uh, just be uh, godly, uh, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and leave that legacy so that the Lord can say, well done. Wow. And not well said, not well thought or not well intentioned, but well done. Wow. And, um, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> was, no, you know what, uh, Sue? Think... I've,
1: I've, I've heard, I've heard all kinds, but this was from the absolute heart of a mother, an American woman and someone, uh, who truly, wants to pass on the most important of legacies, and that is from father to daughter to son. That was awesome. Thank you so much for being on with me. May God bless and keep your, your, your journey and keep you and your family and uh, continue to fight the good fight, Sue Trombino. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. If you could put my good buddy, Debbie. Absolutely.
3: Well, all. thank you so much, uh, you. CL. Just remembering to your your audience is that when we show up, we win. But uh, God bless you. Thank you. And here's Debbie.
1: Debbie. Hey, uh,
3: CL. Hey, what's going on, girl? Hey. Well, Everyth- you know, I only hang out with the cool kids, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I do. hope you hear in Sue's voice just just how worthy. This cause is and standing for america and thank god for all that you do and i I just love it cl so thank you
1: well god bless and keep you debbie and uh you and i gotta introduce you to a new friend of mine uh uh, as well and uh you myself uh uh and also the senator uh as well as ken will have to get together real soon maybe montana
3: Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to be out. at Tim and I are actually heading out there in a couple of weeks uh, to see Taylor and just see how Just, um, you know, please keep he and his crew in your prayers. He is uh, uh, on those wildfires out there in California. Oh, so wow. all of those first responders need to be lifted up.
1: Absolutely. Debbie, uh, tell us what now, uh, from your point of view, your mission is on the road with Sue.
3: You know what, CL, it's all about lifting people up. You get bombarded by this mainstream media and and what the false narrative out there. People need truth and they need to hear it and they need to get strength from it. So people like you with your radio shows, Sue and I going town to town meeting with folks, I will tell you, CL, for every person we speak to, there are hundreds standing behind that person that wants that message to be lifted up to know not only is America worth saving and with all the narratives that you hear out there. We might not be perfect, but we are exceptional as a nation and we are worth fighting for. And as Christians, it is our biblical duty that we stand and that we vote. And like Sue says, we vote our non-negotiables. And that's how we get America back. And God love this president who is standing for life,
1: marriage, and Israel. Oh, I love it. Those those three core Points, folks, you be sure to check that out. Listen, Debbie, always great to talk to you. And listen, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. And in fact, we got to get we got to get on the line with all of our buddies, uh, all of our, our the, the Rat Pack. <laughs> I don't know if you want to recall that. <laughs> and each of us,
3: each one of us are doing what we have been called to do. We have got that full armor. He gave us the full armor. And we are expected to put that armor on in this spiritual battle. You're not expected to go into a corner. We're expected to walk into that battle, and all of us, and you, all of our friends, we need to keep doing that and get strength from one another.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Debbie, you're just as inspiring and encouraging as I always remembered you to be. I hadn't seen you guys. Well, I saw... I saw um, uh, Vicki not, uh, not 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 a few months ago and I, I talked to Ken but I haven't seen you guys all together at once but it's always always a great uh, time to talk to you whenever we talk so tell Tim that we're praying for him praying for your family and uh, we'll talk to you real soon and we're lifting you and sue and all of the women who are traveling on Amen. this great mission up in prayer. And we're praying that God will order your steps yes. in His Word and that He will teach your hands and fingers to fight against the enemies of this Republic. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon in Jesus' name. Thanks, CL. All righty. Right. Debbie, bye bye. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Debbie Healy and. Before Debbie was on with me, it was Sue Trombino. And friends, I got to tell you, I'm really I was really taken by. It. I was really taken by her. And um, uh, of course, Debbie and I have been friends for years. But but Sue Trombino, Michelle, I think this this is a new friend. Let's have her on often. And let's indeed promote what she believes and how she looks at uh, raising. A child from that biblical world view are you hearing me? Are you hearing me because uh, you do have to embrace a view of the world that you are facing and the one that you are shaping the one you're living in. you have to embrace a worldview, and the worldview that has been introduced to this nation through its very founding principles is that of judeo Christian ethic and principles, which has given to the rest of America the opportunity regardless of what your faith is whether you're an unbeliever to practice that it has been the Judeo-Christian ethic that has given freedom to the rest of those people of faith whatever it might be we can't allow the Judeo-Christian ethic then to be trampled can we? because those other faiths Examine them. Stir them for yourself. They would not secure for you the same freedoms that Christ has secured on the cross. I'm C.L. Stay with me. Be back after the news. Music. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruit plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. You're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank all of you for coming along with me daily as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on The C.L. Bryant Show. And um, we're uh, waiting for uh, Mark Marano. He'll be on with us. He is the uh, executive editor of um, The Climate Depot they what he does what they do is debunk the uh climate change ideas and theories that uh is really religion and i i want to talk to mark marano about that uh, as to whether or not uh, this climate change Uh, In my opinion, and of course, uh, you know, I've been called a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal uh, many times for my stance on it, but I'm not a science denier. I just want something verified uh, we just want to know why this has become such a religion and what the end game to all that is help me welcome to uh, the show for the first time the editor uh executive editor of climate depot and i understand there's a movie in the in the in the making here and we're going to talk all about that with mark morano help me welcome you to the cl brian show how are you mark <laughs>
4: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today.
1: So glad that you could be there uh, Forrest Mark. Uh, this is very interesting to me because it does seem to be a religion centered around this. Mark, who, who, who's perpetrating a hoax here? Them or you?
4: Well, it's not so much that they're perpetrating a hoax. They've told us exactly what they're up to. The UN has said this is not about climate, that you know, saving the planet is actually about wealth redistribution uh, and centralized transformation. That's the word of the UN climate chief. The Green New Deal architects tell us. Point blank. It's not a climate thing. It's a change the whole economy thing. So the hoax that's being perpetrated is that the promoters of this know full well that this has nothing to do with climate change. This is about politics and using a climate scare to achieve political ends that otherwise wouldn't be possible. In other words, we would actually, instead of evaluating the Green New Deal on its merits, they're trying to scare us that we have a climate emergency. We must act now. There's no time for debate. That is the hoax.
1: When we talk about the Green New Deal and its origins, uh, uh, Mark Morano is my 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 guest. Let's let me ask you this: Where did that come from? I mean, surely that's not out of the brain of Alcacia Cortez. I mean, come <laughs> on, uh, that that had to have come from somewhere. Who's concocting this?
4: Good question. If you go back. Uh, Well, they say it's modeled after Roosevelt's New Deal, but if you go back, actually, this comes as a brainchild, if you will, of the United Nations. Maurice Strong, in 1992, Earth Summit from Rio, if you look – and actually, I'm writing a book on this, on the Green New Deal – the wording of the Sustainable Development Agenda 21, the UN-1992 Sustainable Development Treaty – is word for word almost identical to the Green New Deal, talking about equity and social justice and uh, you know all this economic stuff and transformation of society. So this is really just a United Nations borrowed thing that's been batted around it was batted around in the early 2000s other UN reports have done it other uh, environmental activists have been involved um, and finally Obama did sort of his own version of it through executive orders and funding but it really came to fruition when uh, Acacia Cortez sort of put it all together and then put it they put a, a name to the plan, the Green New Deal and uh, Acacia Cortez's face so that's the history but if you go back, uh, it's really a United Nations Sustainable Development Plan. Which, if you don't understand what sustainable development is, it's basically saying that we need to have our lives centrally planned by experts. It's a technocracy where, uh, in experts are going to decide every aspect of our lives, and that's what the Green New Deal is, and that's what the UN has been promoting. And what I mean, what I mean is your diet, your home thermostat, all your appliances, your transportation, your, your agriculture, your your uh travel budgets, to your, your energy supplies, uh, down to, you know, guaranteed incomes and the like. I mean, it's a tr- complete socialist progressive transformation of the society using climate as a scare. But oddly, we do this movie. All the all the solutions to, cl- to climate are the same solutions they've had for the last 50 years for every other environmental scare, which is central planning, wealth redistribution, sovereignty invading uh, treaties.
1: Let me ask you this as well. Mark Morano is my, my special guest. ClimateDepot.com. You want to check that out. And we're going to talk about uh, a movie that's coming forth uh, with him. When we look at uh, how gullible Americans seemingly have become, sheepish even, especially in the face of this coronavirus thing, is it a fertile ground for this type of technocracy as you uh, described? Has, has that been being prepared since the times that you spoke of, uh, since Franklin Roosevelt?
4: The COVID Viral fears that we're going under with the lockdown, the phased reopenings, the mask mandates, this is the greatest threat to liberty we've ever faced, exceeding even the climate solutions. And actually, Climate Hustle 2, which comes out two days at 8 p.m., climatehustle2.com, opens – about this technocracy. We open up immediately in the film and show how climate activists from the United Nations, from John Kerry to to uh, Thunberg, Al Gore are all jealous and praising the covid lockdowns and are licking their chops and i have all the quotes of how they want to impose the climate lockdown so in other words i'd say in the film in the opening if you love the the covid lockdowns you're going to love the climate lockdowns because the solution to covid shut down society turn everything over to a small group of experts look what's happening in uh, australia right now in new zealand Parliament in Victoria, Australia has been suspended. It's now the public health officials ruling without any input of democracy, and they're running a full police state. You're allowed out of your house for one hour a day to go to the store. Only one family member. You must wear a mask. If you violate this in any way, police will swarm you, arrest you, handcuff you, lock you up. If you test positive, you have no against your will, you're taken into quarantine centers. If you refuse a test, your time in quarantine is doubled. This and there's no vote. Of legislated. No legislator. I don't even know if in America a single legislator has voted for a lockdown. There's no input of democracy. These are executive orders. These are imposed in the public health bureaucracy who no one even knows their names, let alone uh, any other expertise, have been running our country and shutting it down. And this is why the COVID climate connection is so important. And that's how ClimateHustle2.com will open up on Thursday night at 8
1: o'clock. Mark Marano, what is the genesis of this movie what caused you to make this
4: well we did the first one climate hustle in 2016 uh and that was in over 400 theaters this was scheduled for almost 800 in spring this last april but of course the covid inspired lockdowns ended the movie theater business Uh, a lot so what happened was I actually got a book in the meantime, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. I've been spending my life on environmental and climate issues, and I'm trying to get the public to understand. So in this film, we we go behind the scenes and show you the funding, who's behind it, who's behind the Green Deal, who's behind the UN, how this is going to be implemented, and what we're facing and how science has become another branch of the government. In other words, science is now – a branch of the government there to support policy. You need a mask mandate? Hey, we'll do some modeling studies and we'll make some science bureaucrats make a couple sentences and suddenly we have a new consensus that masks are necessary, even though it overturns 30 or 40 years of public health recommendations on masks during influenza or pandemics. They just changed it overnight because politicians wanted it. In climate, you want to get rid of the global warming pause? Hey, we'll rush together a study, bypass peer review from the government so President Obama will have have a new study just in time for the UN Paris Agreement in 2015. Who cares if the study's torn apart later? Who cares if we're erasing past history? But we've gotten re- we've revised the temperatures to show that global warming is worse. This is the new science that we're dealing with, and the movie exposes that.
1: Wow, folks, that sounds to me like an absolute must-see. Where will we be able to see the film? How do people get in touch with you, Mark?
4: go to climatehustle2.com, and it's Thursday night, September 24th, 8 p.m., anywhere in the world, whatever your time zone. It's 8 o'clock. We're going to have Kevin Sorbo do Q&A. We have a panel at John Stossel. It's going to be a whole night of events. You won't want to miss it. You're going to know everything about climate, COVID connection, uh, the, the UN, the Green New Deal, uh, and and the entire agenda. We interview Vaclav Klaus, the former president of the Czech Republic, yeah. who warns that the greatest threat to liberty is the climate agenda after the fall of the Soviet Union. So this movie will tell it to you all, and you'll be entertained. We go after Hollywood hypocrisy and other stuff.
1: I'll be certain to have my eyeballs on it, man, and tell everybody that I know uh, around the globe about it. I certainly do wish you well. Last question for you. A person who is doing the type of work that you're doing, uh, I I want to ask them this question. I've asked everyone... Uh, who's been on this show from uh, Sean Hannity to Judge Jeanine Pirro to uh, my last guest before you, uh, women who are impacting America. It's important for me to, 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 to hear this, and I think it's important for the audience to hear it. When we uh, when you um, finish doing what you're doing, you hang up your spurs, and you're sitting on the porch, you are rocking in your chair with whoever the significant other that might be, and you're looking off into the sun set. Mark Marano, tell us...
4: Um,
1: Legacy, what do you want us to have remembered and say about you?
4: Well, good question. I think I'd like to be remembered as someone who fought for freedom and the scientific method. And I fought the corruption of science in service of the state, of government. And I think that is if nothing else is my legacy that' I'd say because that 's what I do every day, try to expose what 's going on, how science has been politicized, and science is another branch of the government
1: absolutely, and I certainly do appreciate you being on. With us here today, Michelle. Let's have him back. I want to talk to you again after the movie is out, and and I want to see the reactions and the responses to it. And Mark, uh, with you, this is this is a topic that is really, really uh, at the top of my list. I, it just boils my 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 blood. Uh, some of the things that comes out, and then the attacks on people like you who simply want to cause us to think logically and with common sense so fight the good fight i know that you will because you are and uh, we'll talk to you real so thank you again for being on
4: thank you so much appreciate
1: it i'm cl this is the cl brian show that was mark morano on with me and uh, i gotta tell you something folks that is one of my hot button issues uh climate change yeah it, it's 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 religion that's what it is. It's religion, and they got they have you. Um, they have you so. Um, I don't know hysterical over certain things, and you know they always, always keep you because you're not focused. See, you see, I talked to two women uh, here earlier, uh, Sue Trombino and Debbie Healy. Very focused women. Very, very focused. Very focused. And uh, let me let me say this. It would be hard to fool them. Uh, women in the grassroots movements around the country that I know, all over the country, and even those that I know in, in international countries, who we have formed, we, we have caused grassroots movements to, to take shape in places like uh, Israel, Tel Aviv, and, you know, down in Jerusalem. We've talked to groups there. And freedom is breaking out everywhere. It really is. But they try to keep you off balance. That's my point. If it's not racial, and and as Sue Trombino was saying, emotional. Because that's exactly how they play, you know. They they, they play on, um, and we're suckers for it. Oh, my God, we are suckers for the emotional play in politics. Are you hearing me? And they use it on, in every uh, ingredient, everything they cook. They cook with that ingredient because they know you're a sucker for it. Yeah, because they know that you, are a sucker for emotion when it comes to your skin color all of you i mean talking black white name them you know oh hey yeah 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 the whites the browns the blacks uh oh the the asians don't really care because uh but they never i've never heard an asian call themselves yellow i've never heard an asian call themselves yellow but i've heard many uh latins talk about the brown people and of course white folks talk about white folks black folks always talk about black folks and they use that emotional attachment to your skin color to keep you off balance. And if they don't do that, then it's about to cheer in, as my good friend Rush would say. It's about to cheer in. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Pray for Rush. And um also, friends, if they don't use that, then It's about sex. And your ability to love who you want. Nobody cares who you love. Huh? I just don't want to pay for who you love. Are you hearing me? I don't care who you love. Uh, As long as it's within the law and legal and and consensual. uh, I don't care. Who you love. But, you know. We let them paint us with anything. And so many times we don't even uh, say anything about it. We just let them paint it, paint all of us, broad brush. Are there some people who care what goes on in other folks' bedrooms? You better believe there are, but it ain't me. And it's not most people that I know don't care. Don't care. As long as I don't have to pay for it. Whatever is going on in your bedroom. In any as long as that doesn't affect me in any way, do your thing. But it affects you emotionally. Huh? And and, and hey, by the way, let me let me tailor that to say that. I don't want to have to pay for my child being traumatized by something that is totally foreign to uh, human sensibilities. We said again on this show earlier that two stallions, I and I've raised horses. Yeah, I've, I've raised, not raced them, I've ra- I have raised horses. We had quarter horses. Well, they have, they, once we stopped, stopped riding them, we had to get rid of them because all they did was eat. But I've not yet seen two stallions uh, throw out a colt. Either one of them. Because they don't do that. <laughs> you won't even catch them trying. Uh-uh. They might be fighting. You know, dominance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they won't be trying to mate. As long as I don't have to pay for it. And yeah, Hate me if you want. Call me a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal if you want. There are some things that are, yes, right. And there are some things that are wrong. That's the way it has always been. The right way is the way it was created to be. But once you forget something's purpose, guess what? Abuse is inevitable once you forget something's purpose person place thing whatever it is even uh, something as intimate as relationships between men and women once you forget the purpose of is inevitable i'm cl we'll be back In just a few minutes, don't go anywhere.
2: it high our hearts are bowing
1: in cl back with you on this great day in the usa I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation on the cl bryant show um i opened the show by telling you that um It does appear that we have the votes. The president has the votes to nominate and to push through his nominee for uh, the high court in replacement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, I I told you um, back when I president, and yeah, I, I've lived, um, that was a whole lifetime ago, certainly a whole different political life ago. Uh, when I was president back in 87 through 90 of the NAACP in Garland, Texas, she had already ascended up to uh, the federal court level, I think, at that time. and um, But prior to that, of course, I'd been a lifelong member of the organization, the NAACP, and I had ascended to the presidency in Garland, Texas. I was only the second president that they had. I was two term president. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, prior to her ascension to the federal bench, um, before the Supreme Court, um, she was an advisor to the NAACP, and of course she was the lioness. I mean the real lioness of the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. She was the lioness. A uh, brilliant woman. Uh, some people have given me flack for canonizing her. Well, I'm not really canonizing her. I'm just giving her props where props is due. To accomplish what Ruth Bader Ginsburg accomplished in the times that she accomplished them is no more than phenomenal. She was a great American woman, uh twisted as far as political ideology is concerned, in my opinion, but a great, great mind. And so... Godspeed to the throne of grace, they'll be, um, you know, um, memorializing her or burying her, I think, on Monday. I think it is. Or they, I don't know. But uh, anyway, the point that I'm making is that the president will have to replace her. And he's already said he's going to replace her with a woman. Okay, good. And um, the odds-on favorite is um, Coney Barrett. Yeah, Coney Barrett is the odds-on favorite. Although there is a Latin woman that I believe would be probably the best choice, in my opinion, because I think she covers a lot of ground as far as delivering votes although Coney Barrett will, will deliver the evangelical vote. However, there is an evangelical judge that the evangelicals favor. And so um, it's going to be interesting, the announcement on Saturday, who the president is going to replace the legendary, and this will be the last time I well I mean let me say something about her somewhere down the road but in in this in this um, cycle the last time I will uh, say a praise sing, sing or praises but the legendary Ruth Bader Gainsburg keep in mind that uh, I, am, I have been on both sides of the street I've, I've walked on both sides of the street I remember when Ruth Bader Gainsburg was an icon was an icon of mine and she's still iconic, but uh, I, I saw through. I got to a point where I saw through her ideology, and it was not good for me, and it wasn't good for black folks. It was not good for America. What's not good for one um, rooster. Is usually not good for another. Huh? What's What's good? What's not good for one hen is not usually not good for the other one. That's usually the case. And so, um, taking all that into account, I will say this. Yeah. Whoever the president chooses, they had better be ready. As I told you, be ready. They better be locked and loaded. Because the Democrats will be making a last stand. Oh, I don't know who's going to emerge as Crockett or Travis. Nobody on that team could possibly do that. But uh, they're going to be making a last stand. Because as far as... I I can... the tracking that I'm seeing says to me that uh, Biden may get handed. Biden may be the new George McGovern or he may come very close to duplicating the defeat that was handed or that, that, that was George McGovern's alone. Biden could actually experience that type of defeat. The, the Democrats are tone deaf and they're not unfortunately colorblind with their politics. None of us are colorblind when it comes to seeing the person's skin. You, none of us are that way. But you must be colorblind when it comes to your politics. And the Democrats unfortunately aren't. And black folks used to love them not being that way. But the Democrats don't understand that black folks are growing very tired of being patronized. Don't you hate it when someone patronizes you? And let me say this. Hey, listen to me. All of you listen up. Listen real tight. Listen up. Especially you Caucasians out there. Listen up. Why is it all of a sudden that it seems as though you are being so nice? You you seem to be going out of your way. Hey, knock it off, will you? (laughs) Just knock it off. Let's everybody just be like we we always have been. You speak when you're spoken to, and you know, or you see somebody, you'd like to speak to, speak to them, but come on, let it be natural, okay? I mean, that creates, I don't like that kind of giddy tension. It's not good. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And you pastors in pulpits across, especially you Caucasian pastors in pulpits across the country, will will you knock it off with putting the burden of white guilt on your congregations? Can, Can you just knock that off? How can you let yourselves be used as those types of pawns? That's what gets monuments torn down. Monuments that were standing when the Civil Rights Acts of 64 and 65 were signed. Yeah, how, how are you tearing down the monuments that were standing when the bills that uh, gave freedom was signed. Why tear down the monuments that were standing? The entire story is told when the monuments are standing and progress is made anyway. And hey, full disclosure, all of you know that I'm a Southerner. Born in a, a hospital called Confederate Memorial Hospital. Yeah, yeah I was. I was born in Confederate Memorial Hospital. Shreveport, Louisiana. It's LSU now or Oshner, I think it's called Oshner now. That's where black people mostly were born back then. Yeah, and in that in that uh strange, you know, black folks born in Confederate Memorial Hospital, but white folks were born there too. But that's where just where most black folks were born. What would happen if I changed the name of that on my birth certificate? In principle and in theory, it would certainly change my entire story. Whether I like it, you like it, anybody likes it, I'm I'm proud of it because, uh, hey, that's where I was born. Look what I've accomplished in my lifetime. I thank God for it. I am so proud. Of what the Lord has allowed me to do, not of what Cleon, what, not of what CL has done or Cleon has done, I'm so proud of where, what God has allowed me to do in my lifetime, up to this point. And hey, I'll tell everybody here: most, if you know me, you know that I plan on being around here another sixty. So who knows what is what lies ahead? I'm certainly going to explore it taking the long way around the world. might possibly with somebody you really like. So my friends, um, when I think about the journey ahead for America, not only just me, but for America, I'm thinking that uh, if we don't defeat the enemy this time? And and I certainly hope that this isn't one of those occasions where uh, we went out and we, we we beat them last time. We beat them that time. We, we beat them uh, the time before or whatever. And we fail now? Huh? You know what I found out about uh, life? I, I live on the road. Um, I really do. As, at least in, in this past year. Uh, Three years for sure. And just lived on the road, and um, Jane was really good about it. Of course, she was with me a lot of times. She was with me, and um, the thing is this: when you're when you're out here, when you're out on the road, and of course, I'm, I'm, I'm at home now, but heading out um, over the weekend when you are um, looking at the the um, state of your own union your the, the, your state of your life friends what what is it that drives? You, what What motivates you what what causes you to breathe? What makes you as an American? What makes you tick? have you have you ever asked yourself that what is your purpose America? And, huh? Oh you know I, I watch and I look at uh, so many of these uh, countries, that are uh, that hate us. They actually have purpose, and so do we, but we're not on the same page as Americans when it comes to uh, identifying what our purpose is. And so it gets skewed because we have lost a thirst and we have lost the instilling of patriotism into our children. And because we do not teach it as often as we did, we become rusty in it as well. And the wheat and the, and the tares that are planted in that field, <laughs> it's coming up. They're coming up. And, and, and friends... You had better be very well versed in who you are as an American, why you are a patriot, and you need to be ready to answer this question What am I prepared to do? Are you hearing me? Yeah as I mentioned in the first part of the the show the time is coming, the the time is coming very quickly upon us where we must we must answer that question what are we prepared to do? Do you remember the couple that was uh, on their uh, door front with their pistol and Not automatic weapon, but semi-automatic weapon is is AR fifteen. Huh? You remember that couple? How they got charged with you know a crime for showing force for showing strength to defend their home? You better be ready for whatever may come your way. You better be ready. Because it is coming. Whoever wins this race. And it's going to be it's going to be the president. I I have every confidence to believe that the president will win this race. Every confidence to believe that. If he wins, it's going to be unrest in the streets. In forty four days, be ready. You have been warned. Be ready in forty four days. If Biden wins, now uh, be ready. All of you out there who know me, you know what I'm saying. Be ready. If Biden wins. You better know that that's going to signal to some that this government has been overthrown. Are you hearing me? that is going to signal to some that this government has been overthrown be ready so stay tuned for more of the C.L. Bryant show I am a C.L. Bryant thank all of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Right here, over Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation, the talk monster. I'll be back. I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving
0: So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth saving
1: So you clean me up inside. you thought I was to die for
2: so you by. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying Alexa play Red State Talk Radio Red State Talk Radio on
0: tune in to every single American now we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities sanctuary cities that.
2: You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
1: Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can always oh, in the hand. and for the flag i stand you know folks if ever there was anyone any president who um uh, should receive the nobel prize it should be donald john trump the thing that he has accomplished with the Abr- abramic um, uh, accord is absolutely astonishing. It is absolutely amazing what he has accomplished. And he has been nominated now for the Nobel Prize. Uh, If things go the way they should go, he should win that. And because there aren't, this is not an American entity uh, stacked with American snooty liberals It's very possible that the president could get this prize. A Swedish lawmaker who nominated uh, the president for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts in the Middle East says he got on a phone call of thanks from the American leader. And Magnus Jacobson, a member of Sweden's parliament for the uh, Christian Democrats, wrote Tuesday on a Twitter that he was on my way to the stable with my daughter when he got the call, okay. Uh, we had a good conversation about peace and in the Middle East and the Balkans and I wish the President good luck with the peace process. And so it was Jacobson who nominated the President for the Nobel Peace Prize. And if ever there was a President uh, who uh, should be nominated for the Nobel Prize, it is Donald John Trump for just putting up with the likes of uh, people like Mitt Romney. He should, he sh- listen, everybody wants to call Trump a hooligan. No, I guess I would be a hooligan because if I had to put up with the kind of stuff that, this president puts up with, I'm sure that somebody's nose would be flattened. No doubt about it. So I applaud this president for his restraint. Especially, and you must consider this too, especially considering the fact that We don't give this man a penny. Well, we do give him a dollar to make it legal. We don't pay this man. He donates his presidential salary to various charities. And he gets beaten up for doing that good deed he gets punished (laughs) as the old saying goes no good deed goes unpunished at least in this case don't want to make you all as jaded as I sometimes can be but it's a great day in the USA yeah, because of people like you, and I never want you to get into that mindset of woe is me. No, that's counterproductive. But that's where they want you. They want you in a place of despair, a person who is depressed, a person who is downtrodden uh, feeling and claiming and believing that they are beaten up, you can just about leave them anywhere that looks better than where they are, which is so tragic because there are so many people who are in that place. They are in that place beaten up, kicked, and they're going to be kicked because, (laughs) call it what you will, sometimes people actually don't react until life slaps them around. Sad but true. And you know what, Republicans, that truly is uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, the scenario and the the, the description of, of who you are. Reminds me of you. You don't act until you're frightened that everything's going to go away, and then we all get in a tizzy, don't we? And I, I get it. I understand that so many times we're trying to make a living, we're trying to feed our families, build our, uh, buy our homes, and pay our mortgages, and send the kids to school, and give them, you know, help help them if you can. I don't, you know, that's what we're busy doing: raising families. And paying our taxes. I, oh, did I did I say did I, did I mention that we're the ones who pay taxes? Yeah, there are plenty of Dems who pay tax pay taxes too. We're all a part of that same hypocrisy. But we don't act until we're afraid. And this COVID thing. There are people who are absolutely hysterical over this. Not realizing that, hey, folks, you're going to live until you die. I don't care what takes you out. You go through all of that wiping down every surface that you come in contact with and you run over by a bus. I'm not doing that. I am not going to do that. So find me, you know, lock me up, whatever. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'll fight you from jail, too. But I'm not not doing it. I don't have anything. I don't have COVID. I have no symptoms or anything like that. Uh, If I I get it, I don't believe it's going to harm me. I'm I'm in very good shape. I'm in great health so I don't believe I can give it to anybody and I'm not really sure I can get it. And I'm not too sure I not had it because way back uh, before uh, Jane um, passed away, right after Jane passed away, I um, I got really ill, And I thought maybe it was my, uh, the grief that was, you know, weakening my immune system or whatever, but right after Jane passed away, I got very very ill. I thought maybe I would die too. I didn't know. And it was um, then I found that Louisiana was closed because of you know, COVID, but I hadn't been in Louisiana. It was in Denver. It was in Denver, Colorado. She and I had been you know, going back and forth to uh, doctors and so forth. And, you know, out and about. We didn't know anything about it, but she passed away. And I got ill right after she passed away and they locked everything down. And so I'm not too sure. I haven't had COVID. I haven't had it. And I know, you know, because I have crisscrossed this nation. I've been everywhere. And usually when I'm around my crowd, they don't have on masks. Oh, yeah, you. If, if you don't like it, you know, you just come get you some. Because we're, we're ready for you. But we, we don't we don't we don't wear we don't we don't adhere to that. And and finally, I'll say this to you. I was talking to a group of kids. Uh, well, two two kids in Utah in particular. And I certainly hope that um, Kathy, you you make very good use of it. You know the young young two young people, young couple that I was talking about. Yeah, two young people that I'm talking about. Lovely lovely young people. Um, they are indeed our future. And I certainly hope that you're able to use them in ways that are extraordinary. And I hope they're a blessing to you. But unless we stop with certain narratives, that our young people are buying into, unless we stop with those narratives, then, friends, I, I gotta tell you, um, and I'm talking about narratives of uh, white guilt. You got stop buying it. There's narratives uh, that uh, burning stuff down is some kind of representation of Black Lives Matter who, who, who buys that? Not only how can we be so sheepish, how can we be so stupid? How? I ask uh, Mark Morano just what this was all about and this climate change thing, it's not about anything other than government takeover and government control of your lives. Your thermostats. The type of car that you drive. All of that. All of that. Is at stake right now. This is not a game of wings. This is life and death. This is is a fight that we must win. Or, hey, uh, all of you who are, you know, prospering and, uh, you know, doing your thing, friends, I hate to tell you, because I I don't like to be the bearer of any kind of news that's negative, but uh, we do the wrong thing here. This could could be over. The bubble, the the ride could be over, and you see a, a crash in the market. It's the it slam the gate, Katie bar the door. Are you hearing me? Your your children's American future as you had in any way envisioned it, it's over. And that ain't just whistling Dixie. I ain't just whistling Dixie. Think carefully, focus. Well, I wanna thank uh, my guest uh, for coming on today, uh, Sue Trombino, Debbie Healy, and um, also Mark Morano, Climate Depot, he throw he shed some light there folks, he shed some light, and I certainly do appreciate him coming on with me. Well, I wanna thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. My heartfelt desires that God will bless and keep you all.